so she's in the corner of the room at the moment and wow like the base of my head is just like vibrating um a hot minute right I, I missed you <laughs> I miss chatting I miss being an absolute weirdo but not actually seeing anyone's reactions to it so I don't have to feel embarrassed about being such a weirdo thank you so much for your patience over the last few weeks while I had to deal with a bit of a family emergency over here everything's okay now um but we've been on pretty shaky ground the last few weeks and it's just taken all my time and energy. We only returned to Whistler where we're living in Canada yesterday and I was going to give myself a few days just to ground myself again. That sounds very woo-woo for me but the other thing that's just rolling around in my mind is saying just like getting back down to earth. <laughs> I don't know, I haven't been on another planet, I promise. No astral projection here. I just, yeah, life just sweeps you off your feet sometimes, doesn't it? And it's not always in a romantic way. Sometimes it's in a fucking stressful way. Sorry for the swearing, mum. I'm a bit out of practice, okay? So just, <laughs> just be kind to me today, please. Anyway, if you're new here, I'm very, very, very glad to have you listening in. My name is Lydia and this is Psychic-ish, the podcast for, yep, Psychic-ish people who want to live normal lives. Every episode, I talk you through a psychic experience that I've had and try and do my best to understand it and dissect it and look at everything through a skeptical lens. So if that sounds like a bit of you, stick around, but you probably want to know what to expect from today's episode, and I don't even know where to start because there's just so much. Basically, I start talking about a cheeky little spirit that's been playing little pranks on myself and my boyfriend over here, and then I also talk about an experience where I get a text from a stranger that ends up having... A little message attached to it. I know it sounds so bizarre, but let's get right into it because your time is precious and I've got a lot to talk about. Seven weeks ago, we arrived in Canada. I'd never been here before, but we'd already organized the place where we were going to live while we we're here. And <laughs> As much as it was a surprise to me, I feel so comfortable. I don't feel like there's any entities around, any spirits lingering here or there. I don't feel like I'm being watched or that there's sort of someone in the corner of the lounge living area, which if you've listened to most of the episodes of this podcast, that's quite the norm for me to have something weird lingering in the lounge. <laughs> so it's a nice relief and a nice surprise for everyone. But moving over here was pretty hectic. So for the about two months before we got on the plane, I didn't sit down and check in with my spirit guides and I 
kind of, you know, had just shut off the psychic part of me and just fully immerse myself in moving because it's what took up all of my energy. Some stuff did still happen during that time. I'm just remembering now, like, my my <laughs> my stay at the convent um, back in episode 12. <laughs> so things definitely still happened. I had uh, a few scary experiences while I was staying at my mum's house. God, a lot happened. And then I had like an archangel come through to me to help show me how to shield myself from spirits and stuff. Anywho, I arrive over here and again, it takes a little while to settle in. And I don't know, I was a bit curious as to why I hadn't really had any psychic experiences over here. I started... (laughs) overthinking everything and wondering if it was all in my head again and if it was maybe something just like maybe all those experiences happened depending on you know where I was in New Zealand I don't know I just I got into an overthinking spiral again just wondering if I'm even psychic at all um again that's a norm for me too that's a little pattern that I go through But about two weeks into my stay, I was (laughs) exercising in our little lounge area. It was one of the rare opportunities where everyone in the apartment was out and I was just at home. So I think I was watching some kind of TV show to try and distract me from the exercise. And then out of the corner of my eye, I just see like this little floating green orb sitting on like one of the lounge chairs we have in our living space here. And I saw it and I just had this big smile creep over my face. And I was just like, hmm, okay, okay, we're back in business. (laughs) So that was a really nice subtle sign that someone was here. I didn't know who it was. And then... Taking it back to a few weeks ago now, so this would have been around about the beginning of June, I just want to talk about the bedroom that my boyfriend and I are living in. It's quite small, so it just has a bed in it and then like a closet cabinety space right at the end of our bed. And then there is a closet that you kind of open, it has French doors. And at the moment, in the closet, so there's clothes on hangers in there, and then there's also just our suitcases that we came over with. It's kind of like our only storage space. And over the span of a few nights, I'd be in bed, and I'd just hear something like falling over in the closet. And at the time... I don't know how I talked myself into not being scared because that's quite a scary thing. I don't like spirits moving objects. I don't like them touching me. We've we've talked about this. I know you know this already. But yeah, I don't like feeling like they can actually physically manipulate me or anything around me. I'd rather just talk, right? Just tell me what you want to get my attention. Anyway, so... This happened for a few nights and I think maybe the first night I was like, oh, maybe my boyfriend went to get something out of the closet and it's just, you know, 
a few hours later or a hanger's fallen off the hanging rod in there. But then the next night when it happened, I kind of thought that thought again, retracked what my boyfriend and I had done over the day and realized that neither of us had been into that closet or neither of us were wearing any of the clothes that were hanging in there because it's our nice stuff and I'm pretty sure we hadn't really left the house. Uh, So that happens and I'm just like, hey, maybe this is just a little bit of a cheeky spirit trying to get my attention. And then the next night, it happens again. And I'm just like, what's going on here? What's going on? This is kind of new territory for me. I haven't had spirits do this kind of thing. I haven't had them move objects around me night after night. And the next morning, I'm just sitting at our little table eating breakfast and my boyfriend's working away and he's trying to play a song through his iTunes on his laptop and he's getting really frustrated. And so sometimes sometimes I just sit and watch because it's quite funny. (laughs) It's quite funny. Um, But also like he works in the IT space. So I can't really offer help when it comes to IT stuff because, you know, he'll just kind of shoo me away. You know, that's not my area of expertise. It's his. And anyway, I was just sitting watching him get more and more frustrated and kind of doing the, ah, ah, fuck, just, you know, all those little microaggressions. And then it got to a point where I was just like, hey, what's going on? And what was happening was he was trying to play a specific song on his iTunes, probably Post Malone, that's all he's listening to at the moment. But iTunes kept playing a song, a song that was different to what he was trying to play. So he was clicking a song to play and it was just randomly playing something else. And the song was something he'd never heard of before and had never accessed on his iTunes. And so he was just continuing this process of getting really frustrated, restarting his computer, doing whatever IT things he does to try and fix it. And I was just sitting there watching, being like, do I tell him? (laughs) Do I tell him what I'm thinking? Because here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking, I'm actually far out. (laughs) I'm getting goosebumps while I say that. Oh, they're they're everywhere. (laughs) It's been a while since I've had goosies. Um, Do I tell him that I think we've got a little spirit playing jokes on us and they're playing a song right now? They're playing a song they want us to hear. So Post Malone's just going to have to wait a little bit. But no, I decided not to tell him that because, you know, he was frustrated and we know that he's very sceptical. So that was just a path that I didn't really have the energy to go down that morning. So I just kind of left it. And then later that day, something happened and I don't even think you're going to believe me because when it happened... I didn't really believe it. It 
honestly felt like something that you see in movies or TV shows where you're just like, that sort of thing would never happen in real life. I gotta get my phone. Where is it? So, the next day, I'm out and about on my own. I can't remember what I was doing. I was probably just going to the supermarket because that's pretty much my life. And I'm sorry. I just still, I still can't believe this happened. And I, I won't blame you if you don't believe it because I don't even know if I do. Anyway, we're over here for an extended or, you know, a big chunk of time. So when we arrived, we just got prepay phone plans and got new sims. But the cool thing about the phone company that we're with is that when you kind of sign up and go online, you can choose from three different phone numbers, which phone number you want to have. And the first time when I tried to do it, I just couldn't be bothered. So IT boyfriend came in and he was trying to sign me up and it just wasn't working. Like I chose a phone number and everything. And then it just said the website was down. And so a few days later, I was like, hey, let's just get this set up. So we went through it all again. And then, so like the first three numbers on that first time we tried, all the numbers were middled. It was like three, six, five, nine, you know, there were no patterns. But then when I got to choose this other time, I could choose a phone number that had three fours in it, like four, 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 or three sevens. And at the time I'd been seeing four, 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 when I was trying to decide whether I actually wanted to come over to Canada. And then whenever I'd have that thought, I'd kind of look away and I'd see 444. It was just happening way too often to be a coincidence. So 444 to me, in that instance, I understood it to be like, okay, well, Canada is going to bring you balance, peace and happiness. So when I saw those phone numbers, I was like, hmm, I already know that I'm here and it's going to give me this. I'm going to go with the 777 because 777 is a number that brings luck your way. And I'd started to see 77 places. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to choose you. And I felt a bit like I was tempting fate. But yeah, out of the four of us that came over, my number is so the coolest. Anyway, that was that debacle. A few weeks later, I'm either on my way to or from the supermarket. And I get a text message from a random number. (sighs) Here we go. This was on the 11th of June at 9.25 in the morning over here. And it's not just a random text message. I get sent two photos. And in the photos, um, there's two boys, well not boys, I mean they look around about my age, so in their late 20s or early 30s, and they've got their arm around each other. There's one on the left who's kind of like wearing a beanie, he looks like he's just come back from overseas and has this nice smile, and then the guy next to him that has his arm around him is a little bit taller And he's wearing glasses and smiling as well and looking very happy. So there's two of these photos. And then the text message comes through afterwards. And it says, I'm just going to change the names. (laughs) It says, here they are, Matt. 
they were taken on December 26, 2015. Thank you for coming to visit me today. It was so nice to visit with you. So great to hear about Jason from you, to know that you miss him. Your visit was truly a gift. I'm getting teary. Uh, And so a few hours go by. I start to piece together that one of the boys from these two pictures, um, one of them must have passed away. And as someone who can tune into people, I was at a real ethical crossroad because one of my biggest stickling points with being psychic is people who have abilities like me, maybe they're a little bit stronger, maybe they're not as strong, but people who use those abilities and sort of project what they're experiencing onto grieving people. And I need to be really careful here because I mean, I know I'm still grieving people from even back in 2009 and I don't think that's something that ever goes away. But when people are grieving and the grief is so fresh, there's desperation involved and it's just hard to get through the day. I have a very hard time understanding why psychics allow themselves to either just approach these people randomly and give them messages or accept to do readings on people, you know? I think people that are grieving are in extremely vulnerable places and the weight that psychic messages have can really affect people's lives. And I know, I know I've talked about this in in previous episodes, I've received messages before that I thought mean X And then a good four years later, I realized they actually mean why. And I don't believe that when you receive a message, there is going to be 100% certainty in what you're saying. I think there's always an area of doubt. Gosh, I'm actually like, (laughs) what's coming into mind is like first year uni, the stats paper that I did. I don't know, Um, you know, there's always room for error. We're human. We make errors. It doesn't mean that your intention is to make a mistake, but I don't know. I just feel like there's such a responsibility when relaying messages from people who have passed away. And so I was faced with this moral dilemma, you know, I didn't know how fresh this passing was for this person I had the feeling that it was maybe their child who had passed away but I didn't know and I was really fighting with my ego like I'm going to be really honest I was like whoa this is so cool this is like out of a movie what are the chances they message me this would be such a cool thing to talk about on the podcast like I was I had this real ego moment and then about 20 seconds later, I was just like, Lydia, what the hell? This is not you. The most important thing in this whole situation is the person who has lost their loved one. This isn't a moment for you to shine. This is a moment for them. And so when I responded, I didn't say anything about being psychic. So I thought about it for a few hours. I said, hi there. I think you may have the wrong number. Nonetheless, what lovely pictures of Matt and your Jason, all my love. And I received this reply and it says, oh, so sorry. 
And I said, please don't apologize. I just hope you're able to get those photos to match somehow. All the best. So I thought I'd left it there. And then they reply. And they say, I did. I had two numbers for him. Yours was an old number he used to have, I think. I didn't realize it was in my phone. My son must have entered it years ago, I believe. Thank you. We get to around eight o'clock. And in my mind, I was having this internal conflict as to whether I, you know, whether I let the son of this person come through to me, whether I say that they have a message. And then all I see is just one of the boys from the picture, because I don't know which one is their son. I see one of the boys in the picture who I think must be Jason and he's just smiling and he's nodding and I'm just like, do you want, do you want me to message them? And he's just smiling and he's nodding like really, really emphatically nodding, kind of like how I see my counsel, like really nodding. And I just hear, oh my God, shivers again. I just hear this, I'm with Betty, I'm with Betty. And it's just over and over again, I'm with Betty, I'm with Betty. He wanted me to send this through, right? And so at that point of time, and I still don't know if this was the right decision, but it was the decision I made at the time. So I said, no worries, does the name Betty ring a bell at all? And they said, no, not at all. Did you know my Jason? And... At that point, I replied and I just, I just felt like I needed to explain myself. And I said, I didn't. I'm sorry. I sometimes get some little messages here and there and wondered if there was a deeper reason as to why I ended up with Matt's old number, as you said. I just heard, I'm with Betty, I'm with Betty, and toiled about whether to send it on to you or not. I'm sorry I didn't get anything clearer and I very much hope this didn't upset you. I just didn't want you worrying. And she replied and she said, no, that's fine. I'm open to messages from Jason. Since his death, I've felt him and he's reached out in many ways. If you're open, you see more. The veil is thin between the afterlife and here. But if I had one wish, it would be to have my son again. Oh, I'll be sorry. I'll think about the I'm with Betty, but it's not a name in our family. Maybe it's something that sounds like Betty. And I replied and I said, It might be. I'm so glad I didn't confuse you or weird you out with my message. If he pops in at all for me, I'll let you know, okay? At the moment, I just see him with his arms above his head wide, like when someone takes a picture with a lovely view behind them and they put their arms up wide to show off the view. I hope these things mean something special to you someday. Have a think about Betty. It could mean anything. And it might even not mean anything now, but could in a few years or so. I truly wish you the best. And they said, that sounds like my Jason. Arms raised high and wide, full of love. Only the good die young. Thank you. And then they said their name. And then I said, my name they said that's something my mum would say as well because it is she'd always say only the good die young and um that she's experiencing something that no one should ever have to deal with 
<laughs> think I'd cry. But that happened. And that sort of thing has never really happened to me before. I have a well of emotions about it. I still don't know if I made the right choice to say the things that came through. I definitely took a real leap of faith in that scenario. And I think I'm just lucky with that circumstance. I'm lucky that I messaged someone that was open to receiving messages, that believed in that kind of stuff and had already received messages already. I think it was quite a dangerous risk to take on my end, but it felt right and it felt like he was wanting me to reach out. So I was just trying to honour both of them. (laughs) And, you know, if I can help, someone like that I mean that's what I feel like I have this sort of extra awareness for anyway I know what you're thinking and I know I can I can deep dive on this for ages but I've still got a part of the story that I want to tell you about so I'm very aware of the time but you've been without me for four weeks now so surely a little extra long episode wouldn't be the worst thing in the world would it (laughs) Anyway, um, I know what you're probably thinking, and that went through my mind as well. I thought maybe Jason is the person knocking things over in my room, playing songs on my boyfriend's laptop. Maybe it's him. But I didn't have goosebumps when I thought that, and I didn't have the real certainty, the real knowing that I usually get when I kind of piece things together. So I kind of just let that fall out of my mind but then I get a little visitor and again I have to check my notes because in the morning I woke up and noted everything down because I didn't want to forget it I'm so glad I did this because I was planning on recording an episode that day but that's when the emergency kicked in with our family here and um it just was not on the cards was it Anyway, I was going to sleep and I had a little girl come through. Um, It always seems to be the little girls that come through at night time. Initially, I got the feeling that her name was Savannah. Um, Ah, yeah, I got shivers. This must be the most amount of times I've gotten shivers recording an episode so far. I had written here Savannah slash Hannah because I thought maybe her name was Savannah this whole time and then as we're chatting, I thought maybe it's Hannah, but Savannah it is because that's, yep, that's the one I get, yep, that's the one I get goosebumps from. This is the first time I'm talking about it out loud. So I uh, felt that she was 12 years old and she was from Nebraska. Now this is really interesting because... In the past when I've had, oh my god, stop, no, oh shit, okay, yeah, holy moly, okay, sorry, just in my peripheral vision I saw like an orb float up to the ceiling and, um, And yeah, I can kind of see where she is now. Um, So she's in the corner of the room at the moment. And wow, like the base of my head is just like vibrating. Um, 
Are you okay with me sharing this? Yeah, okay. I just get this feeling, I don't know why, but I just get this feeling that she came through to me because somehow someone who's listening might know who she is. Like, And it might not be right now with anyone who's listening right now because we know that we have small listening numbers here. We're a small little podcast, but who knows what might happen in a few years' time. Okay, she's like consoling me. She's like, she's like patting and rubbing my back. Um, which she wouldn't know, but that's incredible because the only way I was able to fall asleep comfortably as a kid was if my mum would get into my single bed with me and rub my back until I fell asleep because I was scared of ghosts. Oh, okay. Sorry, I can't really remember where we were before, but what I was going to say is that when I felt her come through, I just I just knew these things about her. Like when I've talked about like Lexi that came through, I think that was in episode five. It's like I thought she was about nine years old. I thought all these different things, but with Savannah, I just knew. Like I knew she was from Nebraska. I knew she was 12 years old. And I knew that she had lung cancer. There was either lung cancer there or fear of it spreading. So these are just my notes that I have from our interaction. She was upset that she kept trying to connect with her family, especially her mum, but they couldn't see her. I told her she could stick around on earth or move on. You know, that's like what I did with Lexi back in episode five. I helped her move on towards the light and she sort of spun round upside down up towards the sky. But this time just felt different. So I said that she could stick around on earth or move on, but there was no rush. Uh, I asked where her guides were. Were they on the other side or were they past the light? And then I saw her guides, like I saw about five of them, just sort of beyond. And they said to me that she didn't want to come to them. So I just reiterated to her, I said there was no rush and that she could lie with me and make a decision in the morning. So I hugged her. Sorry for that sniffle. Um... I hugged her, I wrapped her in white light because that's the sort of, I haven't talked about this yet, have I? I'm sorry, I do apologise for this. I know when I had, back in episode 13, when my sister came on the podcast, I said that I healed babies and that I was going to talk about it in the next episode but then it just didn't feel right at the time and I guess what I missed out on there it's not just babies that I heal but um, if someone is suffering I can tune into them and I just like almost like receiving an eardrop you know on an iPhone I just receive this information of what light they need to be surrounded in and how that light should be moving through their body to help whatever's going on with them. So for instance, this isn't talking about the emergency from the last few weeks, but I had a family member recently who ended up having pulmonary embolism. They were 
back in New Zealand and I try to go through them and usually I do this when I'm just about to fall asleep because that's when things are their strongest for me, right? And in New Zealand, I found like whenever I tried to do this, it was just easy because usually like I'm a bit of a night owl when I didn't realize, but sleep has a big component in this whole process for me. It's a lot stronger if I'm almost asleep and if the person I'm trying to heal is asleep. So I was over here in Canada trying to tune in and it was just taking a little while, but then as soon as it kicked in, it kicked in. And I was just seeing almost like, you know what it looks like when someone welds and it's just like these sparks, these fireworks of light. I just saw pink, pink light spurting out like welding sparks or like fireworks out of their lungs and just sort of falling at the side of their body. And so I focused on that for a little bit. And then I also had a set of twins that I was helping try to get over a cold because they were young. And it was the first time I'd ever tried to heal two people at once. Usually if there's more than one person I need a heal in my family, I'll just do one person and then I'll focus on the next. But with these two, it just feels like you should do it at the same time. And both of them needed different things. So it was really weird. Like one eye, like my left eye was focusing on one of them and then my right eye was focusing on another. And it was really hard because it was daytime in New Zealand. They were awake. That was quite stressful. I don't know if any of this is making sense. And I'm really digressing. Anyway, I also do this with spirits. So that's how I help heal them. And oh, I'm so sorry if this was way too much to just drop in at like the end of an episode. I do apologize. I know this is a lot. I'd really encourage you to ask questions in tomorrow's question box that I'll have after the episode on my Instagram at Psychicish Podcast. Yeah, I really encourage you just to ask questions there because I know that I just spurted off a lot of information in a short amount of time and I haven't explained this sort of stuff to many people, so I'm sorry, I didn't plan on talking about this, okay? But hopefully that's enough information to kind of understand. But anyway, so I've just been lying there with Savannah and told her that she doesn't need a rush, she doesn't need to decide whether to cross over or not, she can just take the night and figure things out. And so she was lying next to me and I hugged her. And while I was hugging her, I wrapped her in white light. So kind of just like wrapping her up in a little burrito blanket. And then I wrapped her in pink for love and blue for calmness. She had blonde pigtail plaits with a fringe. And I actually replatted her hair with bits of ribbon. So bits of white pink and blue ribbon that was sort of going through the plaits and she either said or insinuated that she wanted purple too so I was just sort of plaiting her hair and putting this light through her hair and I consoled her and I let her cry out the pain and the fear of what she went through that's always the hardest part (laughs) And I told her it was done. I told her she'd never have to go through that again. And then it got to the point where I actually needed to sleep. So I said to her, I said, I needed to sleep. And she said, 
you're getting better at this. I said, what do you mean? And she said she'd tried to come through to me, but I wouldn't let her. I asked why she chose me, but I can't remember what she said. I asked if she was the little spirit who'd been cheekily knocking over things in our cupboard and playing songs on Dan's laptop, and she said she was. Oh, shivers again. It was only because I'd been wondering about that. Ah. Hmm. It was only because I'd been wondering about that spirit while I was trying to go to sleep that she could come through. So I was obviously lying there wondering about who that was and then that let her come through to me. The note goes on, it says, it's morning now and I don't feel her around me anymore. I hope she made the choice best for her. Poor little soul, I'm glad we had so many hugs. And then there's another little point. I said there was also a random mention of Jojo Siwa. She's like this massive celebrity for kids and teenagers. She was on Dance Mums and then she just left and sort of has this exponential brand. Like I'd say she's probably like the Kim Kardashian of the kids world. And I just have this note here saying maybe she loved Jojo or Jojo visited her when she was sick. And then I've got the date this happened on the 15th of June. So yeah, just a few days after I received that first text message. <sighs> yeah. I need a few deep breaths after that. <sighs> this is tough, man. It's emotional stuff. <laughs> anyway, I know this was a bit of a long episode. I was just so happy to be here and so happy to just share this kind of stuff that's happening. I feel like even since the beginning of this podcast, I've been talking about things that have happened to me throughout my life and I'm kind of trying to weave in what's happening to me now because my abilities are getting stronger and stronger and I feel like this is the first time where I'm sharing something that's happened very recently and you'll be able to see how much my abilities have changed even since the first time I helped someone cross over and back in episode five with Lexi. Oh, maybe not. I mean, I guess I haven't even really talked to you guys much about that healing side of stuff, but I, I just hope it made sense. Hi guys, it's Lydia from the future. You thought the episode was over, but it's not. I was editing the episode yesterday and I had another little message come through. I ran to the bedroom and recorded a video on my phone about the message I was getting. So I'm just about to play that audio for you. But I do need a preface that I wasn't really thinking things through when I recorded it. And I say that something comes really close to my face and I'm like, comes this close, this close, but you can't see how close it is when you're listening to the episode, right? So when I say something's this close, I just mean that it's hovering only a few millimeters away from my face or from my nose. I hope it makes sense. It's also raining really hard outside during the video too, so I'm not standing under a waterfall or anything, okay? <laughs> I'm going to play it for you now. There's trench rain going on outside, even though it was 30 degrees inside yesterday. And my boyfriend's watching UFC in the next room, so Joe Rogan isn't here. He's not in our lounge. It's just the UFC going on. Anyway, I have something important to share. Uh, I was just editing episode 14, and 
I get to the end where I'm talking about Savannah coming through. And I was just re-listening to it if, like, with my editing. No, it's a library now. So I have to go through and, like, decrease the slides. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that, but uh, that's what I was doing. And so I inadvertently have to re-listen to everything, right? And I was just thinking, because when I went to sleep last night, and this has been happening for a while, I don't know if everyone gets this or if it's just me, because I'm just a hypersensitive person, but if my eyes are shut and something comes close to my face, like this close, even if my eyes are open, but mostly when they're shut, yeah, I can sense that something is there and my nose, like, starts tingling. So that happened a lot growing up when spirits were around, um, especially with Amy when she'd stroke my face. I'd get that feeling first that something was right up close and then she'd stroke my face. But I've been getting that feeling since we moved to Canada. Over the last few weeks, I mean, we've been here about two months now, every now and again, I'll get that feeling that something's really close to my face and I know it's a spirit but I've said in the episode here that like, I don't feel scared in this house which is a real blessing uh so I haven't tried to figure out who it is but I had it happen last night though and I was just getting to the point in editing where I saw an orb float up to the corner of the room and I was just like what if oh, I'm getting tingles what if the thing that's coming close to my face at night is Savannah? And I get this message being like, yeah, it's me. That's the message I'm trying to get through to my mum. Um, that when her mum goes to sleep, and um, she feels like some like tingles on her nose. That that's her. And I get the feeling that maybe like maybe she's giving her a kiss on the nose. I don't know. Or maybe that's what Savannah's mum used to do to her. But that's the message she wanted to share. So. I feel so bad that I recorded that whole episode and that she was there and I didn't really piece things together. But I'm glad that I've been able to piece it together before the episode's released so you can all hear it. Um, and hopefully, I just hope this gets to her mum somehow. Thank you for being here. And if you love the podcast, please support it by just taking part in tomorrow's question box that I'll have up after the episode airs on my Instagram, as I said, at Psychicish Podcast. And, you know, just share it with someone you love. Best of luck getting to sleep tonight. I hope everything in your cupboard stays where it's supposed to be. <laughs> bye bye.